You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Ashley Priest. I'm the uh, Aston Villa correspondent for Birmingham Live. And today I'm joined by Alex Dickin, our Wolves man. How are you, Alex? Good, thanks, Ash. You? Yeah, well, yeah. Derby day tomorrow, a nice early one, which is great. Um, 12 o'clock kickoff. Both sides have uh, something to prove off the back of two defeats. And Wolves was quite a heavy one last, last week as well, wasn't it? So... Where are Wolves at, Alex? Yeah, so I mean that was that was obviously kind of the theme of Wolves' season last week. They've they've been very very inconsistent. They've had two of those games now where they've been you know completely whitewashed. Uh, West Ham back in September as well. So we don't really know what to expect a lot of the time with Wolves. Um, they had a little bit of a consistent patch where they they won three or four against teams you'd probably expect them to beat. But um, all in all, it has been inconsistent. And one week they can be very good, you know, and the next week they can be fairly average, uh, really. So we're just hoping they can find a little bit of consistency so they can kind of get back to where they should be, which is in this Premier League table. If you look at the teams, they should probably be kind of at least seventh and aiming to get in that top six um, as they've just missed out in the last two seasons. But team news obviously hasn't helped in recent, the last the last game, especially because Raul Jimenez was missing. Obviously, everyone is well aware of what happened there. Um, the good news is that he was back at Wolves training ground this week and now they are actually talking about him potentially making it a full recovery and returning to football, which obviously is great news for, for mm. everyone who saw that. Um, the only other bit of team news really is that Johnny Johnny Otto's out. He's been out all season. Uh, again, he returned to the training ground for light jogging yesterday. So um, it's one of them really. Wolves will be probably as they were um, in the second half against Arsenal and against Liverpool last week. Probably a couple of changes. And I think they'll actually go with a striker this week with Fabio Silva starting. But... Um, the rest of the team probably won't look that much different, I'd imagine. I guess Villa, without two weeks without a game now. It was a tough one, wasn't it? Actually, last time out of Villa, losing 2-1 at West Ham. And again, they actually dominated, I thought. Yeah, I think the frustration just has crept back in. Like, no game last week. And Villa champion at the bit to, to put that right, really. Um, they played well down at West Ham, especially second half, and dominated them, like you say. But come away with nothing again. Um, similar to Wolves, really, Villa's form this season. They've won five and lost lost four. So luckily they had a, they had a pretty an impressive start, didn't they? Whacking mm. Liverpool the way they did, beating Arsenal. Yeah, this weekend they're without Ross Barkley once more. So what will Dean Smith do? Uh, Molyneux, that's the biggest question Villa fans have at the moment regarding the team. Down at West Ham, he played kind of horror hand, didn't he? And someone's got to give on, on Saturday, given the... Um, the form and Jack Grealish should be at the heart of that. From a Wolves point of view, actually, uh, just touching on Barker there, I think that's kind of a huge blow for Villa. He is a player that I suppose Wolves would really fear. Um, looking at it now, it looks like Villa would potentially in midfield line up similar to what they had to last season against Wolves mm. with uh, John McGinn, who, to be fair, he's obviously fully fit now and firing as he wasn't in the last game. But um, I th- a midfield of McGinn, potentially Douglas Louise, have been fantastic, but also. Hurahan or maybe Nakamba. Um, I think yeah. that's a much better proposition for Wolves than uh, you know a midfield with Barkley because he's a player I, I really rate and um, I think he's made a huge difference the way Villa have played and and I think he, he him just himself can lift them you know two or three places at the table this season to mid table rather than you know looking over their shoulder a little bit. Mm. Will it be Matinho, Neves and Dendonka again, you feel, in midfield? It's a weird one because Wolves obviously play with a 3-4-3 this season. They've played the last couple of games uh, with four at the back. I think most Wolves fans are hoping they'll stick with four at the back for a while now um, because it does obviously make them more attacking and more entertaining, which has been an issue in the past. 
So if it's a four four man defence, uh, I think it'll probably be four two three one with Matinho and Dendonka. Um, Neves always seems start start seasons quite slowly. He, he did last season, then he kind of came into his own around November and was Wolves' best player at the end of the season. Uh, but he's he's not really played that well at the start of this season. So I think it'll be Matinho and Dendonka. Again, you've got Matinho, who's probably played quite well the last taking out the Liverpool game the last three three weeks or so. And then Donk has been the best midfielder this season. So that'll be the pair in there, I think. And then obviously ahead of that, you've got the three of Adama, uh, Daniel Pedence and Pedro Neto, who've been uh, fantastic this season. And then it'll potentially be Fabio Silva up top. Um, he's the only striker Wolves have got now without with him and his out injured. So it's this, he's 18 years old, £35 million. There's massive pressure on him to, to start kind of repaying that and, and fill in for him and as well, he's not available. Did the front line look, look good last week against Liverpool, or is that a big concern for you? The most worrying thing was that Wolves actually still kind of created good moments, good opportunities against Liverpool. They got into good positions down, down the wings with Neto and Adamo. To be fair, for me, are probably the two most kind of exciting, natural wide players in the Premier League because they are just natural wingers. Uh, great crosses going into the box, but just no one was there. They didn't play with with a striker, so. Um, Daniel Pedenza, the false nine, who's picking up kind of those little positions in pockets for cutbacks, but it just wasn't coming that way. It was just floated high crosses coming in and no one was there. So um, Silva's got to be the man that kind of steps up and and plays that position for the next, you know, the next month or whatever, at least um, until Wolves get to January and can kind of reassess it. But um, there's, there's huge pressure. I mean, he's not played much much first-team football in his career, really. So it was a bit of a kick in the teeth for, for me, for him to not play not play last week against Liverpool. So I'm hoping that he gets that chance against uh, against Wolves because he did quite well against Arsenal when he came on. To be honest, he actually looked good. So I was uh, I was surprised he was he was left out. But he, there's there's pressure on him. There's, but there's also probably more pressure on the likes of Adama, Neto, and Pedence to actually take the game to Villa, which they should be able to. But um, I think I think. Villa look good going forward, from my opinion, but I, I definitely think there's holes there to exploit for Wolves, especially down the wings. With we've seen a Dharma against against uh, Matt Target twice now, um, and he absolutely ripped him to shreds at, in Made the game at Molineux last the Molineux, <laughs> game at Molineux last season. Um, so yeah, um, that's a huge area for for Wolves to exploit. But again, something that I'm sure Villa are going to be aware of. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of tactic put in from Dean Smith to. To nullify that with someone potentially coming across, I know. I know when they played at Molineux last year, Nakamba tended to shift across and and cover target. Um, he didn't work that much that day, but um, I'm sure there's going to be something. But that is the that's the big big battle from a Wolves point of view. I think if Adama can have the sort of game he had last year, I I think Wolves could could get the win. I asked Dean about Adama yesterday. Um, regard to target and the problems yeah. he's caused, his targets come off twice against him. In the last two meetings, and just said it was circumstance, really. And the last one he pulled with a hamstring which mm. early on during, during um, a busy period. But yeah, got to nullify that threat. Like you said, I think Villa will double up on Adama. I think mean, they'll, they'll have to um, and target has struggled against him in the past, but definitely that's a problem Villa will have to look at. How big a boot today to fill for Silva? I mean, Villa have got that same problem with Watkins and their reliance on him. And I mean, can I mean, Silva didn't start at Anfield, did he? So will he start? I think I think he'll start this time because it was so like kind of pointless at Anfield. They were getting into good positions and there was no one in there to finish it. So I think he's got to start. Okay. Um, but they're they're impossible boots to fill. I think for you know if you take Raul Jimenez out of pretty much any lineup in around Europe, it's going to struggle. Uh, there's there's probably not many not many natural complete centre forwards that are, that are better than him. Uh, I can think of maybe four or five around Europe. He's been that good for Wolves. Uh, his goal record's phenomenal. Uh, I think he's. Goal contributions like 48 in 115 games for Wolves. 
mm. um, you know, just ridiculous levels, really. Um, so, you know, replacing him is not really an option. They're not going to be able to replace him in terms of the next the next month or whatever. So Fabio Silva just got to adapt and step in. Um, whether whether he can, you know, score a few goals to 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 make make up the make up the loss, uh, we don't know yet. But he's got to kind of. I think playing him is a better option than not playing him because Wolves haven't got that much goals from elsewhere. It is a big issue. It's the one we one we always feared really with Wolves, whether they're going to be able to, you know, if Jimenez was out for any length of time, it was going to be a massive issue. And uh, obviously they're facing that because it's a reality now that he's going to be out for at least, you know, uh, a few weeks, a, a month, a couple of months, whatever. So um, they are, they're facing that reality. One player who Wolves will have to keep an eye on is Jack Grealish and mm. who, who, who will be tasked with that for Wolves and can they stop him and what have you made of him this season? Yeah, I've been really impressed. Um, not just watching for Villa, but watching watching England as well. Uh, I think in those three games, the last three internationals, he was the best player, um, and has kind of made himself a shoe in for the for the squad uh, for next summer's Euros. I think so. Uh, if he plays off the left, which he has has done for Villa this season, it'll be a straight battle with Nelson Tomato. So, um, I think Nelson Tomato's probably had a bit of unfair criticism from a Wolves' point of view. Um, he's Almost we made a scapegoat at times when when things haven't gone well. I don't think he was very good at Liverpool, but again, you know, he wasn't the worst defender that night either. So it's uh it's a case of of him kind of setting into this Wolves team really. He put in a decent a few decent performances before that. So um I think he's got all the attributes to to do well against Grealish. You know, he's a he's a in my opinion, a better defender than people give him credit for. So um so I, I think again, you know. Similarly to what we spoke about earlier with Villa having a player to kind of shift over from midfield and help and help target, I think uh, Leander Dendonka will shift over and, and help um, Samada, especially cutting those avenues off when Grealish tries to drift inside from the left, uh, which he does so well. I think the goal against West Ham when he just kind of drifted in and and slotted one into the uh, or smashed one into the corner. So that's a, that's a thing I think Nuno will will want to do. We'll push Dendonka across and and cut off that that that. Grealish's ability to drift inside from the left. Talk to me about the the rivalry between the two two sides. I mean, amongst supporters, the two teams as well. You, Wolves in Europe last season, and Villa very much envious of them. So, yeah, it was a weird... with you and, and, and the Wolves fans. How do how do they view Villa? It was a weird one, wasn't it? I think last year because you know there was loads of kind of talk. I think before the Carabao Cup game, wasn't it the two one? Um, yeah, there was loads of talk from both sets of fans saying, "Oh, this isn't a rivalry." But I do actually. I don't think it's necessarily a rivalry because I think both clubs have got a bigger rival, Villa Birmingham and Wolves Albion, but mm. um, it's definitely a derby. I don't think we can get away from that. It's, you know, there's what, five, six miles between the two clubs. Um, it's definitely a derby. Um, I think that there are bigger rivalries for both clubs, but still when, when clubs are so close, I, I think it's been magnified in the last few years when you think back to the championship games, um, yeah. you know, the Steve Bruce thing, um, I think it's definitely magnified, but I don't. I don't think it's a massive rivalry, but I think it's a you know it's a it's a big derby when you think about how close the clubs are to each other. It's a derby for me, probably not a massive rivalry. I think it's just the, the, probably the jealousy factor. I mean, Wolves have been flying in Europe and flying the flag for the West Midlands, and end of the day, when it comes to a derby or just to get any game, no one likes losing, do they? And that's, that's the key to it, really. Villa have had to look up at Wolves in the last couple of years and see them doing well and. Villa fans like myself have been thinking, why aren't Villa there, man? Why aren't we doing that? And we should be aiming to do that. Villa for so long in this region have been have been the biggest club. So I think for the, for the last few years when Wolves have been ahead of them, the whole mind the gap thing, um, I think has, you know, 
been fun for Wolves fans, but obviously Villa fans probably haven't enjoyed being taken the mick out of so much. So yeah. I think that's kind of created it all, and it has. It's almost blown up weirdly, but um, and <laughs> again, I don't. The thing is now, I don't see West Brom really staying in the staying in the Premier League for that long. So again, I think this rival well, rivalry yeah. will probably you know carry on over the next few years with both clubs. Both clubs are the only representatives from this region, the Premier League. Combined eleven, we've got got here. Between mm. the two sides, so I mean, can you can you make a, a dream Villa Wolves eleven? Um, how many Wolves players have you got? How many Villa players have you got? A good one to start. Um, one player from you that you would a Wolves player that you would love to have in the Villa team. Who would you go okay. for? I'm going to go one we used to have, Adama, because I think that right side is crying out for uh, someone like Adama. Like it's crazy. I think we had him back in um, 2015, 2016, and he made only 12 appearances mainly off the bench and that was in Dub. So such an exciting talent and it changed the way it ended really and Wolves are benefiting from that through some good management from Nuno and yeah, I mean he's getting in product now to his game and the key player for Wolves though. So I throw it back straight at you. Who do you have from Villa? Mm. Well I think the obvious one's Grealish, isn't it? I think he'd definitely get in getting pretty much any team around Europe at the moment. Um and I think he'd add something to the Wolves TV even though they are quite stacked in those those areas behind the behind the striker. But the one player I would actually pick out instead would be Ezri Konsa. Um yeah. I'm just always massively impressed whenever I watch him. I think he's a fantastic defender. He's only so young as well, what, twenty twenty two now, I think. Oh, yeah. So, um, so he's he's got so much potential. Um and I always kinda whenever I watch Villa, I always think he's that he's the kind of standout in that pairing of him and Mings. Um, and I th- actually think he's got a genuine chance of getting into the uh, into the England squad ahead of the Euros because we are weak in that position uh, as a nation. We haven't got great centre backs, and I think he's uh, he's got the potential to go on and be a very good one. And from a Wolves point of view, um, I think he's as he did for Villa last season at times. I think playing on the right side of a back three, um, I think he's perfect because he's got you know he's great on the ball for starters. He can mm. bring it out. He's also very good in the air, um, strong. Also very fast for a centre back, so I think he's he's perfect for that role on the right side of back three, which you know Wolves have played until recently. I think he'd have been perfect for that. Uh, combine elevens. Just quickly look at mine. Uh, I think goalkeeper we both agreed, weren't we? Yes, Rude incredible goalkeeper. Yeah, Emi Martinez could be a, a top signing for Villa as well, but obviously based on experience and what he's done over the last few years, I think Patricio is a standout and for me one of the, uh, the top goalkeepers in the Premier League. Um, and obviously on the world stage with Portugal as well. I've gone a uh, four-two-three-one. I'll go through my defence quickly. Uh, Nelson Tomato at right back, uh, Ezri Konsa, Willy Bolly at centre back, and Marcel Marcel at left back. Um, Tomato over Cash. I think it's a tight one. Uh, I've gone for Tomato purely based on name and reputation. I think Cash has probably had a better start to the season than Tomato, but Tomato is you know potentially world class. So I think. I don't think many will argue with that. Konsa and Bolly, the two best centre-backs out of each, natural centre-backs out of each yeah. club for me. Um, and left-back's a, a really tough one because I don't think either club has really got a standout, standout left-back at the moment. Um, you know, if Johnny Otto was fit, he'd be the guaranteed pick, but he hasn't played this season, so he couldn't select him. Um, so, yeah, I've gone with Marcel because I think he just edges edges target. I don't think either team uh, particularly blessed with, uh, with natural left-backs at the moment. All right, Neil Taylor. <laughs> um, more defence I've gone with Konza right hand side I've gone for Cody in the middle because mm. obviously that's his best position isn't it? sweeping pinging balls left right and centre and Ming's on the left hand side so so much balance there. I've got two Villa lads uh, either side of Cody so just for balance for me I think that that would work wonders and an all England trio you know moving on to midfield Al what you got uh, I've got a two man midfield of 
than Donker and uh, <coughs> Douglas Louise, purely because I think both midfield, those two midfielders have been the best in their position for each club. Um, ben Donker's been the best of Wolves three this season. And Douglas Louise, again, like Conser, whenever I watch Villa, he's a player that massively impresses me. Um, I'm, I've read that there's a, a buyback clause for Man City there. So yeah. I think they'd be absolutely mental to, to not take it up. I know Villa fans won't like me saying that, but I think it no. would be would be crazy not to not to take that up. Um, I think he's an excellent player and he'll definitely go to, right to the top of the game because, uh, mm. he, again, he's another one who's so young as well. Uh, great on the ball, great positional play and awareness. Um, and he just looks a really, really solid player and make, makes those players in front of him, your McGinn's, your Barclays and your Grealish just play much better. So he's a, he's a fantastic player and gets in alongside Dendonka. Yeah, he's getting rave reviews in Brazil as well. Fully-fledged Brazilian international now, so... Just, just, yeah, special players have played for Brazil, so he's one of them. So, fingers crossed, Villa keep hold of him because I can't, I can't stress his importance enough. Definitely, you gone for a three or a uh, a two in midfield. So I've gone for a well four really. I've got Adama right wing back. Then I've got mm. Douglas Luiz. I've gone for Matinho, the old Wiley Fox, uh, classy operator, and uh, Pedro Nito filling in left wing back. I don't know how he'd feel about that, but. I've been impressed with Nito this season. I was last season, to be fair. That's a very attacking lineup. Uh, yeah, those, <laughs> those two wing backs really attacking. Uh, Adama, yeah, we've spoken about him. Um, Pedro Neto has been he's been class to be fair this season. Probably been Wolves' best player. Um, started to kind of get into the team towards the end of last season, and um, I think his emergence was one of the one of the reasons behind their decision to let uh, to also go to go to Liverpool back in September. Um, Neto has he's moved to the left wing. Uh, in recent weeks, and it just looks such a natural position for him, flying down the wing and whipping crosses in, getting to the byline. He's a, got a great left foot on him as well. Um, he's a fantastic player, and at 20 years old, he, he's you know for me the best young talent in the Premier League. Um, mm. I, I would go as far as to say that, and I think he'll uh, he'll go on to have an incredible career because he, he looks such a such a massive talent. Um, what about your strike force then? What you got front um, So I've gone with a four. Um, a full two three one. So I've got the three behind the striker, uh, Adama on the right, Grealish in the middle, and Neto on the left. And then I've got Jimenez as the striker. Um, the three behind the striker, I think, pretty much pick themselves, apart from maybe Daniel Pedence. Um, but again, it'd be Pedence or Grealish, and Grealish has been fantastic this season and, and walks into most teams. So um, I've gone with him. And then up front, Jimenez um, picks himself. I actually like Ollie Watkins of Villa. He's doing really well. I, I thought he's, I didn't think he'd um, do this well, given, you know, coming up yeah. from the championship, but he's, he's done fantastically. And um, he's, uh, he's unlucky to miss out, but, you know, he's missing out to one of the best number nines in the Premier League in, in Raul Jimenez. So I don't think he'll have any complaints there. Uh, have you gone for something similar? Yes, I've gone for a front three. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone for Daniel Pedence. He's impressed me. Mm. Um, he's, he's another one that's improved. He came in last season, didn't he? And didn't yeah. really hit the ground running as much, but with with Yotta going to Liverpool, he, he stepped into his shoes and, and done really well. So I've got him. I've got him on the right. Raúl Jiménez, number nine, and then Grealish from off, off the left because I think that's Grealish's best position. It's when he mm. plays centrally, I think he gets um, caught up in the middle too much. By that, I mean dropping too deep. Looking yeah. to get involved a bit too much. Um, whereas on the left, he stays high and um, gives gives the fullback something to think about, and he can stay 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 in attacking position, and that's what he's been doing. And Villa players have, have looked look for that quick ball up to Grealish as quickly as possible, and he's been doing the damage. So, yeah, I've got a lot of res- reservations playing Grealish centrally simply because 
he's like a kid in a sweet shop and wants to be involved in it all. So keep him on the left for me. And I think, yeah, that's my front three with, with Pedence. He's an interesting one because he's, you know, he, he didn't play really at all last season. When players join Wolves, they always have to have this period of ad- adaptation, really, to Nuno's methods and style and whatever. And um, he didn't play at all um, after the restart. And then he started a game against Everton, I think five or six games in. Um, and was, you know, man of the match, fantastic. And then he almost kept his place then um, until he got suspended for the Europa League quarterfinal, uh, which was a big blow at the time. But he started the te- in the team this season. Uh, he started every game apart from the defeat at West Ham when he was injured. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's, he's one of the main players for Wolves now. He's, uh, he's different because obviously he's so small, plays in pockets, uh, low centre of gravity, um, very fast over the first 10 yards, quite quite strong really, given his, given his size and, and physicality but um yeah he's a really good player great spotting a spotting a pass spots those Wolves haven't really had a player like him who can play in those those number 10 pockets previously yeah. under Nuno so he's uh, he's been a massive player in terms of changing the way they play and making them more attractive and I think he'll he'll definitely start um probably play as a number 10 off Fabio Silva or if Nuno does stick with the uh, the 4-3-3 formation or goes to a 3-4-3, then he could potentially play as a false nine again. But um, I don't really want to see that because I think he's better when he's got someone in front of him to work with rather than being kind of that focal point, which doesn't suit his game at all. I think Douglas Louise could, could, could have a, a job on Pedence because, like you say, Pedence dropping in that 10. Douglas Louise has always had them strikers who tend to drop deep, so that could be a little battle there. Pedence and Douglas Louise. So that, that, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, I've actually got to go to a press conference soon, so we need to. I think we need to yeah. wrap this up. But um, predictions quickly, Ash, what are you going for? We're two one away win, and Grealish and Watkins. We were both there last year, weren't we? And it's a shame the supporters aren't there this year because mm. it was red, weren't it, Mullen? You remember it Sunday, yeah. wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was quality. I remember, I remember that actually. It's one of my favourite favourite games from last season. The atmosphere was fantastic. Incredible. Um, um, it is a shame that we are stuck in tier three and that fans won't be allowed. I've gone 2 0 2 0 Wolves. Nice um, and easy. Not nice and easy. I was I just I was thinking that Wolves would go back to basics and play on the counter attack and and let Villa have the ball, which I think suits Villa as well because Villa likes to play with the ball. So I think that's the way it'll pan out. Villa will have more of the ball, but I think Wolves will hit them on the counter. And I'm going to go for Fabio Silva and Pedence to get the goals. Right, then we'll wrap it up there. Roll on tomorrow then, 12 o'clock kickoff. And uh, yeah, we'll have all the player ratings and all the fallout and this, that and the other. So thanks for joining and we'll wrap it up there and uh, enjoy the match tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.